0: Hello, and welcome to the Gravel Ride Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dalton. This week on the show, we've got John Freeman from Rafa joining us to talk about shoes. I've wanted to talk about shoes for a while now and really dig into the ins and outs of what makes a great gravel shoe. I'd been riding a comfortable, but not maybe high performance shoe that was great for all day rides, great for hiking, but I was curious to get into something a little bit more high performance without giving up that comfort. So it was great to hear from an expert about how the shoe was designed. We talk about the Explore PowerWeave shoe from Rafa, one of their most recent models focused on the gravel market. Before we jumped in, I needed to thank this week's sponsor. This week, the show is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I've ever tried. You've heard me before, and I'll say it again, I've been an Athletic Greens customer for a number of years. It's my go-to kind of nutritional baseline that I take every day just to make sure with all the corners I, I may cut in my diet that I'm getting what I need. Athletic Greens is definitely part of my big ride day plans. I'll do a drink in the morning just to get on top of my hydration early before the ride. And then when I come back, I know I'm always crushed and really depleted. I'll do yet another serving of Athletic Greens One scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. They all work together to fill those nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. That's what does it for me. It's just simple, one scoop every day, and I feel like I've got my bases covered. So that's my pitch for Athletic Greens. You know I love it. You know I recommend it. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash thegravelride and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Again, that URL is athleticgreens.com slash thegravelride. Big thanks to Athletic Greens for their continued support and thank you for going to check them out. With all that said, let's dive right in to this week's interview with John from Rafa. John, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited to get into shoe technology with you. It's something that I think I've ignored a little bit in my gravel life. I used to think a lot about it from a road shoe perspective and a mountain bike shoe perspective, but it took me a while to come around to really understanding what I wanted out of a gravel shoe. So why don't we start by just getting a little bit about your background and what led you to Rafa?
1: Yeah, sure. I think there's two parts to that, really. So it's my background in design and then a uh, background in terms of bikes. And it basically converged at Rafa, which is a great thing to be able to call a job because they're two big passions of mine. But yeah, bikes have always been a part of my life. I grew up riding BMX, never to any kind of great level, but just as a teenager, I was really immersed in that sort of culture of BMX, building dirt jumps, hanging out in skate parks, that kind of thing. I grew into mountain bike a bit as I got older and always loved taking bikes apart and, and building bikes and learning the, the mechanics of how bikes work as well. And I think that sort of passion for, for taking things apart and problem solving led me down the degree of or, or the road of kind of a degree in industrial design. So I yeah, I studied industrial design and graduated and then went on to work for one of the large design agencies here in london working on a broad range of industries different product categories uh, it's the nature of agency work is that it's super varied but i spent quite a while there kind of working on a lot of things within been consumer electronics wearable tech and those kind of other areas just getting an understanding of what where my kind of passion lay in design but at the same time i i purchased a road bike and had my eyes open to just like how much further and how much faster you could travel on a bike with kind of skinny tires and drop bars and that was just this like sparkless this passion for road riding I started down that journey of just becoming really immersed in in the sport and, and the culture and trying to consume everything that goes along with it so it became this thing where I was working in 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 design but I was riding was everything else outside of work and i was waking up early to get training rides in before work and then sneaking off early to go and race like local criteriums and that kind of thing it was everything and i think around the same time i got introduced to the then creative director at rafa and i I knew of rafa i was really aware of them but i think like purely as, as sort of an apparel brand at that point and they were doing really well at the time kind of rafa's always been on this quite quite steep growth curve and which is great. And they they were starting to think more seriously about expanding into other categories outside of apparel. So we started discussing this. And yeah, after a while, I basically ended up making the jump to joining RAFA full-time and have been helping them to grow the side of the product offering that we categorize as hard goods and accessories. So it's essentially everything that sits outside of the apparel and covers a a number of different categories. But a, a big part of that's definitely been the kind of push into footwear
0: nice what we're just out of curiosity what was the first kind of outside of apparel product that rafa released
1: the very first there's always been bits in the range i think like from a small accessories point of view and and things and there's has always been an ambition to have parts alongside the apparel it's like this idea of dressing the rider from head to toe and so there's been packs and and things like that there for a while and I think when I joined actually the main focus was in eyewear so we spent quite a bit of time trying to think about how we could transition into like fully on bike performance eyewear so that was quite a focus and I think that was where we the first time we really started thinking like ground up in-house kind of development about a a, a true kind of hard good product.
0: Gotcha. Then when you decided as a company to move into the shoe category, is my recollection collect correct that you were working with another manufacturer to realize the design originally?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So shoes have, have been in the range for quite a while. 2012 I think was the first our first kind of entry into the market. And yeah, you're right, that was in collaboration with Jiro in those early days. Yeah, that was a, a great partnership. I think creating your own footwear comes with a lot of unique complexity and there's a lot of investment involved in, in the tooling and things like that. So it, it was really good for us at the beginning to be able to collaborate with someone who had had those expertise and, and had some parts in place that we could share, essentially. So the basic premise of those early early styles that we had was using the Jiro sole units and, and their um, their last, which is the part of the shoe, or the part that the, the shoe is built around and it, it defines the fit so we were using those kind of elements from them and then creating our own unique uppers to go on the shoes so yeah that that was before my time with Rafa but I think the approach to those styles was definitely the same as how Rafa entered into the apparel market in terms of just like seeing a category of product that was visually quite cluttered and over branded and just trying to simplify and refine and i think we saw the same opportunity in footwear and and that was what led the the design of those early shoes the gt shoes the the first one and i think yeah i think that i think it's really stood the test of time we still see people in that shoe today and i think it's really good And, and largely what we've gone on to do since has been an evolution of that aesthetic
0: that's interesting when you talk about that design process. And as you were describing, collaborating with Giro on that footbed makes a lot of sense to decouple, having to tackle every element of the shoe. I think as the listener, if you can look down at your footwear right now, you can start to see the different parts that we're going to be talking about and how the sole and the footbed might be one thing and the uppers might be another thing. And taking on that entire design challenge, particularly with all the size ranges of shoes, seems like a pretty monumental challenge monumental challenge from the jump
1: yeah yeah it is absolutely it's massive and it's got quite a lot of unique complexity versus other kind of categories yeah you, you you need to know what you're doing going into it and i think yeah as i say it was a yeah we're really proud of the work we did with jira i think it was a great kind of way of starting out and we learned a lot until we came to the point in mid 2016 when we decided we were at a place as a company where we'd grown and and we built the confidence in the category through those collaborations to say, okay, I think it's the right time for us to move away from this partnership and, and go alone into footwear. So we kind of started down that road of creating our own kind of built from the kind of ground up in-house range of shoes.
0: Now imagine part of any partnership decision and product development decision, there's economics, right? So there's the economics of working with a third party for that footbed and that sole. Was, was there parts of the design that you could not realize because it was someone else's footbed that led you to bringing it into your own house and developing it from the ground up?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. But yeah, I think definitely like you, you are working with, Uh, a fit that someone else has defined when you're working in that way and Giro shoes are fantastic there was nothing that we were struggling with really but I think we just yeah we had our own opinions through the things that we'd learned and we had our own kind of vision for where we wanted to take footwear so yeah going it alone and and making those investments in the tooling and the the molded components of the shoe does enable you to have the scope to define everything with regard to how that shoe performs.
0: With that particular partnership with Giro, had you introduced a gravel shoe at that point or was the gravel shoe a a ground up Rafa design?
1: Yeah, we we hadn't. That was a ground up one. We had the GT shoe, which is called our Grand Tour shoe. So it's very much road specific, all round shoe. Uh, And then later on, we'd followed that again with Giro with the Climber shoe, which was a lighter weight version of that shoe intended for kind of those Big days in the mountains, weight saving, focus. So yeah, we just had those two with Jim.
0: And then, when did the gravel shoe come into the lineup?
1: So yeah, it was in twenty sixteen. We decided we were looking to do our own footwear, and we first launched with the classic and explore shoe. So they were they were the first two models, and, and explore is the category which we define as adventures off road. So that kind of a big part of that is gravel, kind of encompasses that. So that's a yeah big focus of what that Explore shoe is intended for.
0: So let's break down gravel shoe technology and what the listener should be thinking about when choosing a shoe. Do you want to pick wherever you want to start if you want to start from the uppers or the sole?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I think it's interesting when you think about what gravel means in relation to to footwear there's, there's definitely some crossover with other disciplines in kind of cyclocross and cross-country mountain bike shoes but then at the same time there's there's, there's definitely some really unique requirements for a gravel specific shoe i think one, one of the the main things that should be a fundamental consideration that kind of applies to all cycling footwear before just specifically gravel is the fit and i think shoe brands are going to have a slightly different fit and, and different approaches to fit feet vary massively even within one size bracket so i think for anyone looking to to purchase a gravel shoe it's super important they're kind of really considering the fit and and taking the time to probably try different brands and that's where getting into your local store trying out different shoes and wherever you can try on different models yeah spending the time to do that obviously can be not always possible to ride in those shoes but even just putting them on and, and walking in them can tell you a lot about how they're going to work for you as an individual and I think in gravel that fit is even more important because there are the shocks from the road that you're experiencing repetitively over the duration of a long ride can really like be quite tiring on the foot and accentuate any issues that might be there um, that you might not experience say on a road ride so much so it's super important I think as well, that walking in the shoes, I think, brings you on to a second point, which is really relevant to gravel riding, and that's the kind of walkability of the shoe. It's actually the kind of traction off the bike is a really important thing. So a lot of the time in in gravel, you can find yourself having to navigate sections where it might be like hike a bike or something where you're you're not riding. And so it's really important that the shoe's comfortable for you in those situations as well. It's sometimes a shoe that's focused entirely on on kind of pedal efficiency and power transfer can be really unforgiving if you try and walk in it off the bike. As well if you're camping overnight or if, if that's a kind of part of the, the gravel ride, then having something which you can wear the whole time and not having to take an additional pair of shoes can, can be a huge benefit. So Yeah,
0: yeah I feel like the, the modern road shoe is basically this sheet of carbon fiber that doesn't flex on the bottom whatsoever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of times gravel shoes that kind of go down the same road with a little bit of token tread on there. But, but really, it, I think when you look at gravel as a whole, it, it does often encompass that time off bike. So it, I, I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. I was just going to ask in the soul, you mentioned shock absorption as part of it as well. Are you changing the amount of carbon fiber or material in the sole or increasing the padding in some way so that you can get some shock absorption in the shoe?
1: It comes down to the fit, really. Both of our Explore shoes have, have a carbon sole and then there's, there's the insoles and we have varying arch supports in there to make sure that the, the foot is properly supported. But it's not tuned per shoe necessarily. But there are some kind of things that we're doing specific to, to that comfort off bike within the sole.
0: Yeah. Obviously you've got, it looks like maybe two different durometers of rubber in the sole on the Explore shoe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a front and a rear section of the rubber outsole on that shoe. Yeah. And we've also got the the carbon foot plate that sits under the rubber is cut a little bit shorter at the toe and at the heel. And the intention for that is so that you still have that real uh, strong connection between the foot and the cleat with the carbon plate because the other part with this you're constantly trying to balance the walkability but with pedal efficiency so you want to make it comfortable off the bike like I mentioned but you you don't want to make it feel really sloppy and, and not well connected when you're pedaling so with the plate that we've created the idea is to make sure that you've got that real stiff carbon connection under the ball of the foot but then it stops short at the toe and the heel so that you're just, as you roll throughout the throughout the motion of walking onto the, toe, onto the toe and on the heel, you're just putting your weight down on that rubber section and it's able to flex a little bit more, which just helps with that comfort a little bit.
0: Yeah, this seems like it's yet another one of those parts of the gravel sport that you just, you need to make choices based on what you're looking to achieve. So if you're only looking to race in a shoe, you might go towards something super stiff if you're only looking to walk in a shoe, you're going to get something way flexy. And somewhere in the middle is probably the right choice for most riders.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really true. There's so many different kind of mindsets within gravel that, that they, there are different products that cater to those different sort of approaches to the discipline, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's all it's better than anybody. It's In design, it's all trade-offs
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah and those are the other when you the other considerations when you think about what you're looking for a gravel shoe you get into that place of how much do you want to spec up or spec down the purchase and what are the unique kind of things that you're looking for do you really want to optimize the performance that you're going to get out of the shoe in terms of are you really looking to eke out every little bit and are you seeing it as a an all-out like high-end race shoe or, or do you want something which kind of maybe prioritizes the comfort a bit more and is a bit more of an all-round shoe that influences a lot of the decisions that I think you need to make with regard to materials and closure systems and those kind of things
0: so speaking of that so on the explore shoe lineup you've got two models the I think it's just the regular explore and then the power weave do you want to talk about those two different uppers and the effect on performance
1: yeah 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 that's right they're the two that we've got so the the explore shoe was the one that came first and then we more recently followed that with the explore power weave and a lot of the a lot of what kind of informed the explore power weave actually came from the learnings that we made when we created the pro team shoe so uh, a few seasons before we we released the the pro team shoe which is we worked really closely with a lot of our pro team athletes on the development of that and kind of one of the insights that came from them really early on was that they wanted a, a shoe that could fit like a glove and would essentially feel like you're wearing nothing at all on your feet. They, and which it seems quite obvious, but it's actually quite interesting when you think about a, an athlete at that level, their main priority is comfort. And so we've the whole sort of direction that we've built around footwear and particularly within these later models is, is prioritizing comfort without kind of sacrificing performance looking at it from a comfort first point of view and, and how that can enable you to perform better i think it's all well and good a lot of the the like creating the the lightest shoe in the world or the stiffest outsole on the market but a lot of the time in pursuit of those kind of things you end up like for kind of weight saving for example, you end up looking at the shoe and thinking, what can we afford to remove here? And it becomes this game of trying to take things away. And And inevitably, like y- you do sacrifice a bit of comfort when you're going down that road. And I think you might reach that bar of the lightest shoe, but if you're, as a customer, if you're 80K into a, a long ride and, and something really starts to niggle at you, then you've all experienced how frustrating that can be and how that really does affect your performance on the bike. So. We really focused in on how we can achieve this performance through comfort. And that kind of took us down this road of developing this PowerWeave fabric, which is essentially like trying to create something which would fit incredibly close to the foot and, and really be supportive and hold the foot, but have this sort of sock-like feel. And so PowerWeave is a, it's an engineered woven upper that we produce. It's, it's a single layer construction. And yeah, it's very close fitting to the foot It breathes extremely well and also repels water from getting in. So it was a really good development that we came up with for, for protein that we were quite proud of and thought there was a lot more scope to grow it. And that's where we came away thinking, okay, what else can we do with this? And we started looking to how it could lend itself to off road performance. And so then we started a new development working with the same. process of weaving the the material that was specific to the demands of off-road riding so that's where the explore power weave was built out of in terms of the the material so we're actually weaving in a, a really highly durable kind of coated yarn into that upper which just makes the shoe much more resistant to scuffs and abrasion and then in addition with that sh- that style versus the, the Explore style, it's, it uses the double BOA dial, which is obviously another kind of element that, that if you are looking to really, if you're a rider who's looking to push their kind of performance on gravel and seeing it as a terrain to essentially, like a new terrain to kind of race on and, and ride as flat out as you can, then having that like on the fly adjustment that that, that the BOA dials afford is, is really key. There's not no there, Boa is pretty leading in that regard. There's not really another closure system where you can get that level of kind of fine tuning on the fly. Yeah, that's why we've incorporated those Boa dials into that model as well.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, two comments about my experience with the shoe thus far. You mentioned, you know, this notion of it feeling like a sock. I think I named the first ride on Strava that I did testing out some new slippers. (laughs) Because it very much did feel it, it could flex with the bones in my toe as I was moving around, but I felt with the double boa system very secure, and on the first long ride, I was out for for five hours on them, and I do remember like I made an adjustment on the lower bow because i it was i sort of over tightened it at the time, and it was a really great adjustment to be able to make that,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: And the other thing on the, the execution of the boas, I have another set of shoes with boas that the, the lacing system seems to be connected throughout the entire shoe, whereas having the two separate lacing systems on this shoe, I think is great because I can really make more micro adjustments to what's going on than having the, my whole footbed grabbed by the the boa system.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's kind of lots of different configurations that you can do with the BOA dials. And we've settled on on the one that we have as being optimal. We have it on uh, both the models that, that we have in the Explorer and the Protein. team. Um, and, and just like you say, it gives you that opportunity to really lock the foot down, both kind of at the in-step, the, in the mid-foot, and then towards the toe at the front as well, and, and have kind of adjustability at both of those points.
0: Yeah. And then on the, the standard shoe, it's a lace-up shoe with one Velcro strap, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So it's got the, the toe strap that we have, which is, yeah, the idea there is that the, the toe strap is something that you set, and you might set it when you first get the shoes, and then we sometimes call it this kind of set and forget sort of fixture, so you tune it to yourself, and then you can actually come in and out of the shoe without always having to undo that quite a lot of the time. So it's just like a way of fitting it to you and, and controlling that volume in the, in the toe of the foot. And then the laces become your main closure. And laces, fantastic closure. They're, they're pretty unrivaled in terms of not creating any bulk on the upper. There's no requirement for molded parts when you have a laced setup. So it, you can get a, a fit which is like incredibly supple and moves with the foot.
0: Thank you for that additional description. I remember when, I think it was Jiro, maybe with their Empire shoe, kind of reintroduced laces into the world of cycling. Obviously, they've been around forever. But that's interesting, that feedback from a design perspective about what you don't have to do when you put laces in. and Obviously, laces give you a a ton of flexibility in terms of how the shoe is going to fit to your foot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the amount of contact points you've got through the just the number of eyelets that that go down the, the throat of the shoe it means that you've got that a lot of very well distributed tension down the shoe which is which is great yeah and it's yeah they're fantastic it's interesting actually we on the the pro team shoe that we have we started out with the notion of that being a lace shoe because there are so many benefits to it we feel but we actually found out pretty early on from working with our athletes that kind of for them for those guys who are at like tour level that the requirement for boa is a non-negotiable so for that shoe we changed tact and went down the boa route and it was it was the right decision that on the fly adjustability as I mentioned is is key for that kind of riding but yeah laces definitely have their place as well I think I I ride lace shoes a lot and, and love them
0: Yeah, you always see the pro tour riders on the road in the last two kilometers who are gearing up for the sprint, reach down and and strap that BOA dial.
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I think part of that's as psychological as it is. It's definitely that gearing in for that final sprint, right?
0: Exactly. It signals it's on, people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In the the development of the shoe, obviously, I don't imagine, are you developing these in Asia? Is that where the manufacturing happens?
1: yeah so that we're producing in yeah we're producing in china we we work it's yeah we have some parts that are made in europe and then we're finally producing in in china yeah the power weave fabric for example that we're weaving that in italy with a partner there and then we assemble the shoe in china yeah so yeah we have a really close relationship with with the factory over there
0: yeah it seems like it's one of those things like tires that at a certain point you're all in because you've bought the tooling you've put the pieces together and I imagine there's a limited amount of tweaking you can do at that final mile.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a point where you have to make that leap to committing. And like I said before, the, the tooling is pretty significant when you think about shoes when you consider all of the different sizes. So yeah you want to be confident that you that you're happy with it and performing how you want before you press that button on, on opening the tooling so we stay in one size for quite a long time actually like at the beginning to, to to really refine before you spread it out to all of those all of those other sizes
0: oh got you so you might have a 42 that's your sample size and you keep drilling on that one until you get the product that you want and then expand the molds out to the other sizes
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the normal process. And if there's a specific wear tester or athlete that we want to work with who is a different size, then they'll kind of invest in that, that size earlier on. But yeah, normally a uh, 42 is a starting place and, and we have a kind of network of people who we've got built up over the years who are that size and who can give us really reliable feedback.
0: Yeah. Did you have some athletes on the, the gravel and adventure side that were working with you early on in this year?
1: yeah yeah definitely so we yeah we work with a range of athletes it's there's kind of stages to the testing i guess we're lucky in london that we're in normal times it's 200 quite engaged cyclists under the roof in, in london which is a really great resource to have it's it's not a requirement that you're a cyclist when you join rafa but you know it helps and i think those who aren't quite quickly get swept up by it and yeah as a kind of resource for testing that's amazing because we've got people from complete novice through to domestic pro levels so as you
0: send your cv in do you have to indicate your shoe size
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely helps definitely on the footwear team Uh, yeah yeah no it's brilliant having that kind of like pool of people to work with and everyone in the building's on the payroll as well so they have to test things even if it fails on them so that's that's normally our sort of starting point and, and once we've built up the confidence there then we'll move to athletes because you, you you don't want to do that too soon because those guys are got a job to do and they don't want they want to be sure that the product's going to support them in that yeah we work internally with with the with team in the company and then like a, a group of Kind of riders who are just close to the brand who we know are really reliable and can give really good feedback at the beginning. And then, yeah, once we get to that point of confidence, then we'll open that up to to athletes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we definitely did on the Explore Shoes. We work with, so we have the uh, Protein EF Nippo who we, we sponsor, and, and we have a really good, kind of quite a long relationship with those guys now. And we often use them for testing. Lackland Morton, I don't know if you sort of super strong, dedicated rider, but also just a really interesting character and just a a great guy. And like, we, we work really closely with him on the testing, actually. And he's one of these pros who's like, really up for just trying stuff and also really able to articulate feedback quite well. And I think that's really important because sometimes pros, and like understandably so, can be a little bit reluctant to change their kit. Which I completely get that, but others are just they love it and they want to try stuff and see how it works out. And he's definitely testing stuff, which is brilliant. So, yeah, we work closely with him on on the Explore shoe in particular. Actually, I can remember we so he, we've been working quite closely on him with him on this alternate. Calendar. I don't know if you've seen this that that, yep. that we've released in partnership with EF, where it's the idea is to allow riders to take part in other events that that sit outside of the normal calendar, and just to let them encourage them to do the things that they're passionate about and bring out their characters through through these sort of events. And so, Blackland identified quite early on. I think that he wanted to do the uh, Badlands race, which is like a 700 odd k unsupported gravel race in the south of Spain. It's like, yeah, crazy kind of intensity. It goes across like the only desert in in Europe. I think it's it's pretty serious ride. And at the same time as he was gearing up to that, we were at a point with the explore power shoe where we were quite confident in them through that internal testing and we decided to get them over to him and said these are early prototype first time we've gone to an athlete and get familiar with them take them for a ride be interested to know what you think and quite quickly got a note back just saying yeah i love them i'm going to ride badlands with them It was like that moment of like Okay, are you sure? That's, that's going to be great feedback, but I quite hope they last. I hope they're not going to be the, the cause of you having to scratch midway around.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you all looked around the design team and said, I hope we got this one right.
1: Yeah, yeah. who's this on if it if these are what costs it for them? but. Yeah, no, yeah, I think he wasn't the only one having sleepless nights during the race, but, I mean, he ended up, like, obliterating it, just, like, yeah, smashing the rest of the field. I think he came in a day ahead of, like, second place. It was an incredible performance. I think the video is out there. If anyone's not seen it, it's worth a watch. But, yeah, it, it was fantastic, and sometimes you need those moments, I think, in the process to really validate an idea like we were really confident in them but it, it can take that for the company to be like okay like these are legit like we we need to move on this there's a real kind of if they've performed at that level then they're doing the job and we need to get them out there
0: yeah it's great to hear all this backstory and, and great when companies invest so much in the athlete community to get the real world feedback it's not these aren't marketing strategies of putting different bits and bites on the shoes it's really about what's the highest performing thing our riders would want to wear yeah
1: absolutely yeah it's yeah we spend a lot of time with them just trying to get their insight on that as well and yeah it's it's exactly that it's building the relationships of the ones who are who are really forthcoming with that and, and can articulate exactly what they're having a lot of people can say it's uncomfortable here or i'm having an issue here but really being able to explain that and, and articulate why they're experiencing that is is really valuable for us and it's amazing with those athletes like the the level to which they're in tune with their equipment is just—they're riding their bikes all day, every day, pretty much. So they, if there's the tiniest little difference they can pick it up. And things that are like us mere mortals probably wouldn't even register. They they can flag exactly what's different. Yeah, exactly. So particularly, particularly as you're you're
0: pushing this category forward, these real nuanced tweaks to the shoe are, are what elevates the shoe to the next level. And yeah, I think I'd be a loss. at expressing like what my footwear is, where it's pinching me or what it's doing. And, and I could see that lining up with athletes who can really understand how to speak the design language is critical in the process.
1: Yeah, no, it, it definitely is.
0: Yeah, John, I appreciate the overview of the shoe. This was amazing. I loved getting the backstory of the design process and how the athletes weave in there. So I appreciate all the time
1: no no problem it's an absolute pleasure yeah thanks
0: cheers great john that was fun
1: yeah that was really good thanks very much
0: yeah i appreciate uh that that, that was great i loved all the backstories i'll yeah, uh
1: i i realized one thing as i was going and i didn't want to backtrack but actually i mentioned that we hadn't done an explore shoe with Jiro, but it was before my time and there was uh there wasn't a cyclocross shoe okay. we did in collaboration with Jiro. sorry that's going to be a bit of a inaccuracy there but I don't know if if there's a way we can
0: yeah I don't I don't think it's particularly important or game-changing in in the discussion I think if you hadn't sung the praises of the Giro partnership so strongly like maybe it would be worth correcting in some way but you were very clear that you admire what they do and the partnership was great so yeah Yeah, cool no I I think we're good there I think I'll ping uh, Ryan on the marketing team and, and include you on it but I think since he, Ryan was saying the shoes were coming back in stock. So I wanted to get the episode out, I think at the end of the yeah. month.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. that will be great timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: Cool. Have you been riding in them? I have. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I've put two, maybe three rides in them and I'm really enjoying them. I, it's funny. I had like very high end road shoes and I had mountain bike race shoes and I was just riding gravel in some enduro shoes that Jira had given me mm, and I, I right. Just picking up this shoe versus that shoe, there's a very noticeable weight difference, and I'm excited to take these out on longer days just to test that concept of is this an all-day shoe for me? Because it's definitely going to be stiffer than the one I had been riding. Yeah. But but so far so good. I felt great, like to be able to do four hours right out of the box, and it was a good sign.
1: That's cool. Yeah, well, glad to hear it. Yeah, definitely let us know if you what you find is you spend a bit more time with them. This always really helpful we're thinking about where we go with them next as well so uh yeah be really appreciated
0: yeah absolutely pleasure john thanks again for the time yeah cheers i hope you appreciated that deep dive into gravel cycling shoes as much as i did i learned a heck of a lot in terms of how they're constructed and rafa was generous enough to supply me with a pair of the power weave explore shoes and i've been riding them for about a month I've been super impressed with the comfort level of the shoe. I'm really enjoying the Boa strap system and how it's been implemented. I feel like I can get a lot of fine tuning. So I've been out for at least a five hour ride at this point with the shoes and I've made some micro adjustments along the way, but it does have that all day comfort that I was worried was not going to be there. Super happy with these shoes. I understand they've just come back on stock online on the Rafa store, so check that out online. I'll put a link in the show notes or go check out your local Rafa Clubhouse. That's going to do it for us this week. If you have any feedback for the show, please visit theridership.com. We'd love to have you as part of the community. I'm always looking and getting recommendations for new areas to cover on the show. And it's been an exciting community to be a part of. So please join us, www.theridership.com. Until next time. Here's to finding some dirt under your wheels.